Well, you're going to love this answer because I'm going to say, get into a group like yours. Get into a group that supportive women who know what it's like to be on sports, have experienced all of this, similar to when you asked me, you know, what do I do if my daughter doesn't want to listen to me about food, you know, send them to a registered dietitian. Your group is something that I know wasn't out there when I was a teenager. They didn't pay me to say that. (laughs) I really, really believe it. I love what you guys do. Hey there, we're Christina and Brianne, and one of our greatest passions is enabling female athletes to uncover their greatness, allowing them to break free from their limitations and achieve their biggest dreams. As expert coaches and confidence and mindset educators, we created the Elite Competitor to enable moms and coaches to build lifelong confidence, resilience, and elite performance. Think of this as your weekly dose of inspiration, where you'll feel enabled with proven strategies, real-life stories, and transformative lessons. Welcome to the Elite Competitor Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I'm here with Meg O'Rourke. We had Meg on the podcast this week, and we're having her back to go a little bit deeper into this whole idea of diet culture, resolutions, how we can set a good example for our daughters, all of those things. And this seemed to be a very popular topic that hit with a lot of moms and uh, for good reason. So we're just going to take a moment to go a little bit deeper with Meg and um, answer some of the questions that I've received from moms and and we'll go from there. So welcome, Meg. Welcome back. Hey, thank you so much for having me again. I had so much fun on the podcast, so I'm sure this will go really well too. Yeah, cool. All right. So First question, and we actually got a few comments about this, and I have this exact question as well, is I I want to set a good example for my daughter. I also feel better when I'm on a clean diet. So how can I balance the two? That makes sense. Yeah. So I think we should all take the word diet out of our vocabulary, and that might make it a little bit simpler. And just saying like, Oh, I just eat healthy. Oh, I just do this. So I just don't, you know, I really don't like to eat processed foods because I know they're, they're not good for me. And I know that I, you know, I know that I'm more tired and I know that when I eat whole food, it actually gives me energy and I feel good. But when I eat the processed food, I can actually feel it right away. And, you know, I can only imagine, you know, you being in sports and everything that the processed food would probably affect you even worse than really. And but I think we just need to get away from that word diet. I always call myself the anti-diet dietitian. Just, you know, the word diet, actually, if you look up the definition, is just foods that we consume. But because, you know, of the connotations that go with dieting and all the different diets that are pushed in our faces all the time, whether it's Noom or Weight Watchers or Keto or whatever you're hearing this week, I think it's just important to start really be a good example and show your daughter, you know, like you're not drinking Diet Coke. You're not, you know, buying the ice cream that has the fake sugars in it. Or, you know, like someone pointed out to me yesterday, an ice cream called Enlightened. And she said it only has two grams of sugar in it. And I said, well, I've never heard of that one, but I'm not buying these type of products, but I'll go look it up. And it had erythritol and it had aspartame in it. And I was just like, no, let's just have a little bit of the good stuff. If you're going to have ice cream, let's just have a little bit of the good stuff. And by the way, that stuff's through, like messes up with your thresholds for sweetness because it's like 600 times sweeter than regular sugar. So then it causes problems with insulin, which can cause over um, secretion, which is called hyperinsulinemia. 
which can actually make you, one, gain weight, but two, crave more sweets and really screw up your blood sugars. We want our blood sugars like this all day long. You know, when we start adding that kind of processed fake sugar into our diets, it's going to bring our blood sugars up and drop them. So, you know, it really wouldn't, it's going to make you crave when you drop like that. Whereas I always say, like, remember the commercials for Briars, and they always used to say, we only use three ingredients, real vanilla, cream, and sugar. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have too much sugary things in our um, country to eat. We certainly do. But if you're going to have something, have the real stuff. Yeah, exactly. I like the real stuff better anyways. Yeah, we bring up a good point. Like some of these like diet foods, you know, I know that's basically what they are, right? Like they're just packaging things in a way that makes you think that you're doing something healthy. I'll give you a good example. You ever hear of the skinny pop popcorn? Yeah. Uh Well, it sells off the shelves by women like you wouldn't believe, but did you know that every, every, it takes three, it takes, um, three cups of popcorn is a hundred calories. So one cup of popcorn is like 35, 33 calories. Okay. But skinny pop, what they do is they say they're serving. Now, a serving size of popcorn is really three cups of popcorn. So if I had a small potato here, a slice of bread here, and three cups of popcorn here, they'd all be equal, about 100 calories, about the same amount of carbs, right? But what skinny pop does is say, oh, they take the serving size and they divide it by three. And they say that our popcorn only has 35 calories per cup. And that stuff sells off the market. All popcorn has 35 calories per cup, especially if you make it at home in an ear popper or use a little bit of olive oil and make it yourself. So they are totally marketing to people, especially women, to think, oh, how did they make this popcorn? Wow, it tastes good. It's like any other popcorn that's out there. Yeah. Unless you're buying like the movie butter microwave. And by the way, all those microwave popcorns are filled with yellow food dye and the microwaves and those bags and stuff. It leaps into, it leaches into the food. It's very, very bad for you, those microwave popcorns. Mm, Yeah. Got it. Now, this is kind of a follow-up question to that first one. It says, I need to make a change in my habits and what I'm eating, right? So like maybe yeah. that, that's the truth, but yeah. how do I do this while sending the right message to my daughter? Yeah, I think it goes back to just being a good example and not like, you know, I always tell my clients, don't say anything negative about your body to your, to your daughter. Even if you're saying, oh, I don't like the way these pants fit. Oh, maybe I'm going to go try on another pair. Oh, I'll be right back. And, you know, and it's like, she's going to hear that and she's going to see that. And then she's going to start thinking about it. Well, maybe my pants don't look right. Or maybe, you know, maybe these pants don't look right on me. You know, they kids just emulate their mother. So I think that's one thing. And then like not specifically, and I think I mentioned this in the podcast, is the fathers making comments, you know, not good, not good. Or the mothers, you know, don't make only positive. You know, what's the point of pointing out anything negative? Kids are as self-conscious as it is. I know I didn't have self-confidence till I was probably like 23, 24 or something like that. So why point out the negative? It's not going to help. Even if you're seeing it and you think, hmm, you know, keep that to yourself. And a lot of times too is, as you guys probably know from working with people of all children, you know, high school, middle school, college too, I believe you guys do too, right? It's like, a lot of times people go through this phase where they're either like really super lanky or they're really a little bit chubby and then they just grow out of it like that. So why make a big deal about it? 
but it's just part of the growth spurt. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Because we um, do, as moms, like, we do influence the environment a lot. This is what we talk about a lot is that we basically have two things that are in our control. Our own actions and what we model, how we shape the environment and the opportunities we provide our daughters to be able to cultivate their confidence. And I think you hit it on the head. Like we, we do, they pick up on everything. And so we do have a tremendous role in their own self-confidence, just in how we talk about ourselves, not just not let alone like what we say to our daughters about them. It's just right. Like, right. What we're saying about us. And, you know, you might catch yourself too. You might just be in the car thinking about something and it might pop out and it might be, oops, I didn't mean to say that. That's okay. That is a was, you just move on. And you try and, you know, you can't just go from zero to 10 and get out of some of these habits if you've been saying this stuff to yourself for a long time. But I do think it's important to try and be more mindful about it as moving forward in 2022. I think that could be a good thing to add on your, that wouldn't be a difficult thing to do, but just be more mindful about what you're saying to your child and, you know, how they, and remember, they are emulating you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. This question, I, it's still kind of along the line of diets. So the question is, what's wrong with diets if they help me achieve my goals and make me feel? So I think that the problem is that diets don't work, right? So sustainable, healthy living works. So that's what's wrong with it. Because a lot of people, you know, especially girls who are trying to be great at sports, they, you know, they're going to hear, it may not be from you or Christina, but it is going to be from another coach that, oh, if you just lost five pounds, I've had girls tell me this many times, whether they are on track or whatever, you will do better. You will perform better, which is actually not always true as you guys well know. Mm -hmm. And it can actually make you be weaker and slower and cause osteopenia and all kinds of other things. So I think that men, they could close their ears if they're listening right now, but I think they're a little clueless about this kind of stuff. And I don't think gym teachers in, in general, like, and my father was a gym teacher, so I'm not knocking them, but I think that they just don't understand those words can have, can put a girl right into an eating disorder. I mean, there has to be more behind it than that, but that can trigger. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And actually this next question, I'll, I'll just jump right into it because it, what you're talking about relates really well. My daughter needs to gain weight. And I think that this could also go conversely. My daughter maybe needs to lose weight and whoever's perspective this is. Okay. How do we make those changes without drawing attention to her body? I know this is a deep question. There's probably so many ways you could go with this, but super tricky. I'm going to throw it at you. Most people that need to lose weight, whether they're 51 or 11, no, they need to lose. So I don't think you're going to do any good by telling them about it. You know, I think you're going to cause more harm. Mm -hmm. So most girls at 11 or 12 are very aware, well aware if they're too thin or they're too heavy. And even if they're not, they're sometimes still going to think that they are. Okay. So there's a lot of body dysmorphia that goes on. So I think that, you know, get the help because as you know, kids aren't going to listen to their mothers. So a lot of mothers bring their kids to me because they're like, they, she won't listen to me. She won't listen to me. It's okay. Tell her you're bringing her. And it doesn't have to be me. Tell her you're bringing her to a registered dietitian, you know, and that you looked up her background and that she has a really good background in sports nutrition. And she's been, you know, registered dietitian for whatever amount of years and that she is the expert. And this is the person that we really need to go see 
to help you reach your goals. And then it will be done in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And if there's any red flags, I know for me, I'm going to write a, right away, I'm going to call the position and let them know, you know, that, that, you know, we have to get permission, but I am going to let them know that, yes, I do see signs of an eating disorder. And then I'm also going to tell the mom and the child, the daughter, that you also need to see a therapist. So you need to see a therapist, you need to see the nutritionist, and you need to see a doctor on a regular basis. And we should all be collaborating on a very regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the perfect answer, honestly, because I was wondering how you were going to answer that. But I think you but you nailed it. Because when it like we as moms, it's tricky with us. And anytime we're talking about anything regarding their bodies and weight in our own bodies, like now, you know, the relationship is just so muddied when that conversation goes in into it in a way where it seems like we might be criticizing our daughters, right? Like those things are going to stick with them for a long time. And so recruiting experts in that space is, is genius, right? Like right. It'll, it kind of takes it off of, of, of my plate as the mom. I have other experts who are reinforcing what I'm saying and doing it in a way that is maybe beyond my own capacity. So right. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. Okay. And kind of speaking of like the eating disorder, disordered eating, what from your perspective, because I know you've worked with a lot, a lot of a lot of people who have who have disordered eating, what are the big factors when it comes to avoiding disordered eating in female athletes? Well, I think that um it's different, it's tricky. It's very tricky, as you guys probably well know, because it's a it's a slippery slope. It's like, ooh, if I get lighter, I can go faster. You know, you hear these things and really eating disorders are a lot about, you know, control, you know, what they can control, what they can't control. And so it's really more about control than it is about food, believe it or not. Right. It's getting kind of deep here, but um, so they can't control a lot of things. Maybe they can't control that they miss the ball, you know, in the last game. And then they start, you know, beating themselves up about it, that kind of thing. Right. And then it's like, well, maybe Mary, well, she catches all the balls and she's, you know, a stick. Well, maybe Mary's naturally a thin, thin person with small bones. And so it's, it's really very deep. And most people don't get eating disorders without some kind of underlying anxiety or depression or something like that. So it's like, it's not like, oh, my father said I was fat. Now I have an eating disorder, but it can there's something underlying already and then it triggers it. Right. So we have to be really careful. Like people don't just wake up one day and have an eating disorder. Usually, honestly, it, it, it can be people that have been abused, sexually abused. It can be people that have parents that are alcoholics. It can be dysfunctional families in general. And it doesn't mean all, you know, you could have the most normal family in the world and still whatever that is and still have, you know, a child with an eating disorder. But I do think that sometimes if you're if a child's in sports and stuff, it can an eating disorder can be exacerbated more readily than a child that was on, say, played the clarinet or something like that. Right. And that makes sense because our, you know, our bodies are more on display when we when we play sports. And right. you know, they're linked to performance. Um, mm-hmm. for sure. And so there's there's typically some underlying things. And yeah, I, I would agree with you, especially athletes who struggle with perfectionism and anxiety, you know, there's, we see correlations between that and disordered eating as well. And I, I know I've asked you this maybe in a variety of ways already, but you know, as her, as, as the mom, what are the big ways that I can help in this, in this 
territory where like, I'm just trying to help set her up for success. So maybe like my daughter doesn't have an eating disorder right now. What are the things I can be doing now to just ensure that she has a healthy relationship with food? Well, you're going to love this answer because I'm going to say, get into a group like yours, get into a group that supportive women who know what it's like to be on sports, have experienced all of this, similar to when you asked me, you know, what do I do if my daughter doesn't want to listen to me about food, you know, send them to a registered dietitian. Your group is something that I know wasn't out there when I was a teenager. And I think it's something that moms and the, the daughters can, the mothers within the group can bond and then the daughters can bond and then everybody's bonding and it's supportive. And we know that, Like if all of a sudden you had one girl in there that everybody thought had an eating disorder, you're going to tell them that, you know, she needs to stop doing sports. She needs to see a doctor. She needs to see a registered dietitian. She needs to see a therapist. And you're going to put her membership or whatever you guys call it on hold um, until she gets better. Right. And that you guys are all supporting her. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's a great. That's not. Honestly, yeah, they didn't pay me to say that. <laughs> um, I really, really believe it. I love what you guys do. So yeah. no, but you're right. There's so much power in surrounding our daughters. Well, and ourselves, but with our daughters, with other mentors, with other athletes who are on the same journey, you know, so like getting them in those environments before there's, you know, any thought of having an eating disorder, or any other things that come up, you know, just being plugged in. And being surrounded by people who are supportive, uplifting, inspiring, like there's so much power there. And and then, you know, when you get like, because it it happens, right? We've all been teenagers. Like when you get our high school, even when you get that peer pressure, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's okay. I have my group of friends. I don't need these people. Like, you know, whatever happens, whether it's the mean girls, because we all know it happens or it's the (laughs) people that are, you know, going down the wrong road in life and you just don't want to be involved in that. And so you know that you have your core group of people that are healthy and, you know, functional and they're supportive, even on kind of a multidisciplinary level where you bring people like myself in. I know you mentioned you had another dietitian that you work with sometimes. So I'm sure there's things that I don't know that you guys do, but I know that you reach out to others. And I think that's Mm -hmm. really key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Awesome. We're going to wrap up here. But before we go, Meg, I know you have webinars happening right now that might be of interest to the moms in our community. So can you explain what you've got going on? Yeah. So I do a, a course and first I do a free webinar and it's it's giving information about nutrition. It's called Your Diet Do-Over and Your Diet is Over. And it is open to anybody who wants to do like a six week program with me um, where we go over everything from like, what, what does organic mean? What, what breads does Meg buy? You know, like what, how do we get the right nutrition? How do we figure out how much protein we need? How do we figure out how much fluid we need? How do we figure out how much carbs, you know, all different. It's honestly, it's a, it's packed full. I'm not just saying it because it's my course, but it's a six week course, but it's packed full of information, videos, PDFs. And all kinds of information, but mostly it's support. We have a Facebook group too. So the webinars, I give free information and you can go to my website, harmonywithfood.com and a pop-up will appear. And you could just click on that to go right over to the, to the webinar to sign up. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So you said harmonywithfood.com. Okay. Awesome. Meg, this is great. Thanks for being on. I will see you next week. Same time, same place. Thanks so much for listening, moms. Now, don't forget to head over to 
trainhergame.com to check out that free training for sports mom. This is the training where we break down exactly what you can say and do to help your daughter come back from those mistakes, release the pressure, flip her negative mindset so that she can stop being overly critical of herself and play to her potential. Let's ditch this not knowing what to say dilemma for good and start getting your daughter to believe in herself as much as you do. Now that's at trainhergame.com. Go ahead and go there to choose your date and time and I'll see you there.